Without the presence of the Lord, we can do nothing. With the presence of God, all things are possible. And I, I don't want to be, I, wanna, I don't want to be long tonight because um, the Lord has actually done the sermon. I, I do want to say this, that I feel that the Spirit of the Lord wants to take all of us to a higher dimension. The Bible says that in the Old Testament that the Spirit of the Lord just came upon people. In the New Testament, we have this awesome privilege that you and I are called temples of the Holy Spirit. We find this in 1 Corinthians 3, 16 to 18, 1 Corinthians 6, 19 to 20. The Bible calls you a temple. As you and I sit here tonight, you have the high privilege to host God. May I say that again? It's a thought that is massive in my thinking that we have the privilege to host Him. And if I say Him, I mean the Creator God, the one that created the heavens and the earth, the one who spoke in the beginning and said, Light be, and everything in heaven and earth is still rotating on those two words. Come on, are you, are you there? And I, as I, as I pondered on, on this thought again this, this afternoon, how do I host more of God? A single word comes up again and again, and it's the word obedience. Because to have more of Him, I need to be more obedient to Him. Because I'm not leading, He's leading. I might be living, but He's living in me. The Bible says, Christ in me, the hope of glory, right? And so as we are temples of the Most High God, we have the privilege to host the Lord. And the more I, I host Him, the more I have the ability to shift atmospheres around me because of Him, right? Cancer flees not because I've got an awesome prayer life or you have an awesome prayer life. Cancer flees because there's a person present that is healing. Sickness does not go away because we are disciplined in our efforts. Sickness goes away because we carry the healer with us. Deliverance, demons don't tremble and are not casted out because we shout the name of Jesus harder. No, the deliverer is with us. Come on, are you, are you there? And so we have this privilege to host God. And the Bible says in Psalm 23, um, one of the well-known psalms. It's one of my, my greatest psalms or, or one of the, one of the, the, the psalms that I, I just absolutely love. And I, I want to highlight just one or two thoughts for you. And then I'm going to pray for you. I, and I, what I want to highlight is this, is that the anointing on a person's life makes an ordinary person extraordinary. The anointing makes you, makes an average person a non-average person. And when you have the anointing, you have to understand it makes you stand out, it makes you peculiar, and it makes you valued. Come on, are you guys there? Is there any anointed people here tonight? But I, I've often asked myself, even at the end of the year, is that what is success? Is success the many people we reach? Is success the, the size of ministry? Is what is success? And 
every year I find myself at the same conclusion that success is how much have I been obedient to the instructions He gave. Because as I follow the Lord and as you follow the Lord, we don't need to always have the full picture, but we have to have His voice. And our responsibility is to be obedient to His voice as He speaks. Right? And so in Psalm 23, the Bible says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I want you to please note that it is a personal relationship. It is not a relationship for everybody else. It is the Lord is my shepherd. And when I read this again, I, I, it struck me again just to, and I want to bring it to your attention, that the conference of a, of a sheep because if you look at sheep, sheep are not these very powerful animals. They don't have, they don't have powerful teeth. They don't, they don't have powerful nothing. The ability of the sheep to be strong and victorious is because they are in the presence of someone. Come on, can I, can I say that again? Your strength and your courage and your power and your ability to rise is not in us. It's Him that is in His proximity we dwell. So the Lord is my shepherd and my confidence is His close. Come on, is there anybody that's with me? And so the reason why I can rise and the reason why I can have courage and the reason why I can be victorious and the reason why favor is with me is because the one that has got all things in subjection to Him is with me. The Lord is my shepherd. Come on, say that with me. The Lord is my shepherd. And because the Lord is my shepherd, the Bible says He makes me lie down. <laughs> and then I, I find this interesting. The Bible says He makes me lie down in green pastures. And what's interesting about green pastures is that we would often think about green pastures as these massive fields of greenery, these rugby fields, if you will, these, these massive cascades of, of green fields. That is not the word green pastures. The word green pastures is actually an agricultural term that means pockets of greenery between shrubs of extreme dryness. The word green pastures actually is, if I can give you a picture, it, it, it depicts, it shows a picture of a little green pocket of grass in between a lot of rocks and a lot of wilderness and a lot of sand. So when it speaks about the Lord makes me lie down in green pastures, what it's speaking about is that unless the Lord leads you, you're going to be famished, dry, and most likely dead. Are you there? But if He leads us, and I find this interesting about green pastures, is the word green pastures, the, the amounts of green pastures that He leads us to is only enough for a day. Let me tell you, that His mercy is new every day. It is not what He has said yesterday, it is what He's saying today. Because faith comes by hearing, hearing comes by the Word of the Lord. Come on, are you there? So my, my relationship with God is not built on what He has said before, is what He is saying now. My sustenance in the Lord, my nutrition in the Lord is dependent on how I hear Him today. So my question to you is, what did He say to you today? 
That's why He told the Israelites, don't store up manna for tomorrow. Today is enough for today. Take enough for today. Come on, are you there? The Lord makes me lie down in green pastures. He, he, he leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. And listen to this. He leads me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. And I, I find it also by, very, very interesting, by the way, that the same word for that is used in the Hebrew for wealth is the same word that is used for the word righteousness. In other words, God wants you to prosper for His name's sake. Oh, there should have been more amens for that. And then let's go a little bit deeper. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff they comfort me. And verse number five and six is where I wanted to stand still just for a few minutes tonight. You prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. And the word table here is a very, very interesting word. And I, and I found it very, very interesting. And I, I want to just highlight, highlight it to you. You, be, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. This word table here is an agricultural word called table lands. And what it would have been is this. When a, when a shepherd would have led, when a, when a shepherd would have led his people or would have led his sheep, what he would have done is he would have led them through a, a place where there was most likely as it just said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He leads me beside still waters, etc., etc. But listen to this, I just want you to catch it because if we catch this, this is powerful. It says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, right? And the reason why the, the shadows are present and the reason why we will go through the valley of the shadow is because the table is coming. And for you to understand the word table, and when the Bible says He makes a table before me in the presence of my enemy, let me, let me explain. There were table years, there were table lands. And what would, have done, what would have happened is a shepherd would have walked in front of his sheep. And as he would have walked in front of his sheep, he would have gone through valleys and arid places and dry places and difficult places. And he would climb mountains. And then he would go onto a top of a hill which is, was called a table land. And as he would have climbed on top of this hill, what he would have done, he would have started to prepare a nourishing field or a field of nourishment and water and comfort for his sheep. In other words, the, the place of food, the place of sustenance, the place of nutrition, the place of, of abundant life, was on top of this stable land. But for the sheep to get there, they needed to go through valleys of darkness. Come on, are you guys understanding? Let me read that again. I want your, your spirit to catch it. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. So, so this was what was happening. As the sheep was following the shepherd, they would have had no idea that the shepherd was actually leading them towards the table land. They were just watching the, she the shepherd. 
and what, of, what was experienced as a valley in the now was actually a preparation for the table land to come. What am I saying to you? Often the valleys that we go through is not what defines us because it's temporary. The valley is there because the table is coming. Oh, no. Let me say it again. Unless you have a valley, you cannot have a table. You have to have a valley. And therefore tonight you can shout and say hallelujah if you have had a valley. Because the valley means a table is coming. And what the Lord would have done, what a shepherd would have done is this. He would have sorted out all the coyotes and wolves and all of these things as he would go through this valley. And then he will lead his sheep on top of the table. And then listen to what the Bible says. Do you get new meaning in the scripture? Listen to this. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. But see what happens before that. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Please note the shadow is not real. It's an imitation of a suggestion of something to be real. But it's not real. I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. Then you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Save me, my cup runs over. Your cup only runs over when enemies are present. The enemies are proof that the cup is going to run. Listen. Satan is not the object of the fight. The Holy Spirit's greatest job is not to defeat the enemy. He is defeated. The Holy Spirit's greatest task is to get you and I dead and out the way. That's why he says crucify your flesh. Because Paul the Apostle said, it's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives inside of me. And the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God. So God does not have a problem to deal with the enemy. He struggles with His people to trust Him so that they can die to themselves, so that they can host more. Your responsibility is to host more so that you can affect more change in other people's lives. Not because we are great, but because He chose us to be vessels of His glory. Do you understand that? And so the reason why you should be obedient is not that you should only be blessed. The reason why you should be obedient is because other people's freedom is dependent on your obedience. The more you host Him, the more you can transform people, communities, cities, families, environments, 
because you host God. He anoints my head of oil. There's three things that the anointing will do for you. When the anointing comes upon your head, and by the way, the anointing will cost you your life. But when He anoints my head of oil, there's three things that happen to a sheep. And I would want to explain them to you so that you can get courage when you ever again use this terminology that I am anointed. The first reason why a shepherd would have anointed a sheep's head is because other sheep <laughs> would have come and they would have come, wanted to come and butt heads with, with other sheep. And so what would have happened if the, if the anointing was present, as the rams came towards one another, they would slip off because their heads are anointed. And so by default, in an anointed person, the attack slips off. Because as the enemy attempts the attack, what happens, it slips off. Why? The anointing. The attack can come, but it cannot be successful. The weapon may form. The Bible never says the weapons won't form. The Bible says the weapons won't prosper. Why? The anointing. And so you have to understand you are anointed so that just like a sheep, as those rams wants to butt heads, that you can slip, that the attack can slip off. Why? You're anointed. Come and say, I'm anointed. The second reason why your head is anointed is that with sheep, what would have happened if they did not have the anointing, flies would come and flies would have sit in the inside. Please listen to me very carefully now. Flies would come and would come and sit in the inside of their nostrils. And as these flies would have been on the inside of their nostrils, what would have happened these flies would have started to make a noise. They would have made a sound. Are you there? Okay. And if the anointing was present, the flies could not come into the nostrils. And what sheep would have done, agricultural fact here, I'm giving you lessons a little bit here on sheep tonight, but it's important, that what would have happened unless the, the sheep were anointed and unless the anointing was present, what would have, what would have happened if, if this anointing was not there and these flies would have come, a sound would start to appear in the head of the sheep. And what the sheep would have done, they would have hit their heads against the rock. They will literally run into trees to try to get rid of the sound. Now listen to me. Faith comes by hearing. Hearing comes by the Word of the Lord. If you have the anointing, you have the ability to hear God. It's interesting for me that Satan is called the Lord of the Flies. And the reason why he's called the Lord of the Flies is because his voice produces another sound. His voice produces the fruit of fear. 
That is why the Lord asked Adam the question, whose voice did you listen to? Because another voice will lead you to another destiny. Come on, are you guys okay? Are you with me? But when you are anointed, save me, I am anointed. You have the ability to hear His voice. Why do you need to hear His voice? Because my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. But more importantly, oh, not more importantly, but also important. If you have ears, you don't need sight. Because you can see by hearing. Come on, are you guys there? Oh, you're getting quiet now. Let me say it again. Is it too deep for a, a warm Sunday night? I want to say it again. If that anointing comes and the fly does not come, then another sound cannot come. Here's the lesson. As soon as we start to listen to somebody else's voice, it means the anointing has started to lift. When the anointing is present, peace is present. When the anointing lifts, anxiety enters, fear enters, worry enters, doubt enters. Why? It all belongs to another kingdom. But my sheep hear my voice. And maybe I can add a telix to it. My sheep hear my voice. And because they hear my voice, they are confident in me. Your confidence lies in hearing His voice. Come on. And I pray tonight for you that your ears will be unplugged and that you will hear His voice and you know, not led astray, right? So the first thing that the anointing does for you, oh, I love this. The first thing that the anointing does for you, it makes the attacks slip off, slips off. Secondly, it makes the flies not be able to produce an alternative sound. In other words, you are designed to hear His voice. Hallelujah. And if you don't hear His voice, might be that you don't belong to Him. All His sheep hear His voice and we can follow Him. The last part of it I find fascinating or two parts of it I find fascinating is that <laughs> what the Lord would have done or what a shepherd would have done, He would have taken His sheep and as His sheep would have gone through this, these pastures where there was these different holes and these different adder holes and snakes holes. What the, what the shepherd would have done, he would have had a belt on him. And as he would have had a belt on him, on the side of his belt, he would have had a sachet or a pocket, not a sachet, a, a pocket full of oil. And he would literally take this oil and he will throw it into every hole that he sees. And he would literally throw it into the snake's holes as he walks and then he'll call his sheep and say come 
And then what would have happened is that the snakes, which their DNA, a snake's skin is, is slippery by, by nature, by DNA. What would have happened, the, the snakes would start to slip on the oil that was in the holes. And over time, please listen to me, the snakes got educated that the ones that have the oil, we can watch these, but we can't get out the hole. We can watch, I like to say it like this, we can watch, but we cannot touch because these are anointed. <laughs> and so, quite literally, the Bible says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. That's exactly what it means. It means here is the snake, stay present. Can't do nothing. Because there's anointing on the sheep. Are you here? Are you there? And so as you sit here tonight, you are anointed by God. And because you are anointed, the Bible says this, Isaiah chapter number 10, verse number 27. It says, it shall come to pass in that day that this burden will be taken away from your shoulder and his yoke from your neck and the yoke will be destroyed because of the anointing. And so as you are seated here tonight, this is what I want to leave you with. You are a yoke destroyer. You are a burden breaker. You are a person that has the ability because of who you host that you can bring a change. Come on guys, are you there? Let me say it like this. If Jesus will walk into this room right now and He'll say to you, come and do A, B, and C, will you do it? And hopefully the answer is yes. Why? It's the Lord. The Holy Spirit is the Lord. And what He says cannot be taken lightly. It has to be obeyed. Let me say it like this. And I'll use an example. If, he, if the Holy Spirit wants to come and rest on me and wants to stay with me, my task is to learn how to host what He likes. And I've discovered two things. He loves Jesus. And he loves the object of Jesus' affection, people. And I've discovered the same to be true of Satan. Satan hates people because Jesus loves people. Have you ever noticed? Let me let me give you a thought, and I'm gonna I'm gonna show, we're gonna do a practice together tonight. Have you ever noticed that when a, pe a person walks into a room and they have a bad attitude, you can see it? Have you ever noticed that? You say, oh, there they come. 
Have you ever, you know what I'm talking about? What is that? They're carrying an atmosphere. Let me rather say this. They're carrying a kingdom. Because the kingdom that they carry is not the kingdom of our God. So they come with an attitude or a bad attitude or a, a prideful attitude. Or have you ever, let me use pride as an example. Have you ever seen a person come into a meeting and they're prideful and you can see it? They're arrogant, you can see it. Right? Yes? Okay, what is that? They are carrying a kingdom. Same to be true. You and I can carry the kingdom. In actual fact, Jesus said the kingdom is inside of you. Therefore, righteousness, peace and joy is what you carry. You can bring peace to any situation. You can bring right standing to any situation. Because of Him that you carry. So your task is, and I'll leave you with two thoughts. Your task is... <clears throat> to constantly be aware of what you are hosting. Are you hosting worry, concern tomorrow? Are you worried? Are you, are you um, desperate? Are you, are you depressed? What are you hosting? Because what you are hosting, you are putting your heart to. I don't know if I'm making sense to you. But if I host the Lord, I carry the substance of heaven. Come on, guys. And so your task should be to frequently check the, the gauge of your heart. What are you hosting? And I want to leave you with a task. Can I leave you with a task? As we, we are in December already. This must be your task. On a regular basis, during the day, you must ask yourself, what am I hosting? And you must give the Holy Spirit the opportunity to come and rest on you. You must welcome Him. And you must ask Him, come and rest with me. It is very difficult to have an attitude against any person if you love what he loves. In church leadership, I find often that one of the tasks that we have to do quite a lot is sorting people's attitudes out against other people. People have attitudes against other people. And often we will need to go in and sort it out and say, please don't have an attitude and please serve one another and please love one another. And you know what's the bottom line of it? You know why people so easily focus on other people? Is they forget to host God. And so other people become the focus. We should negate away from it and focus on the Lord. And love His people. Come on, are you there? Because you and I, can't, we can't change nobody. Jesus changes people. Yeah, come on, amen. Give some Jesus just 10 seconds of praise there. Okay, I've got two, two minutes that I want to just give you a principle. It's, a, it's an important one. 
you can ask me tonight the question, how do I, how do I host more of God? I'll answer it and we, I'll, we're going to practice this. My answer will be, how do you host more of God? Will be, what do you love most? Because what you love most, you're going to put your heart to. If you love you, you're going to be busy with you. If you love your job, that's going to be the focus of your affection. If you love your bank account, that's going to be the focus of your affection. None of the it is wrong. They're just lesser things. I pray I, I come through tonight. Let me say this again. I'm going to try to say it in slow English. I'm teasing, by the way. Does Jesus carry healing? Does Jesus carry deliverance? Does Jesus carry freedom? Do you believe, is Jesus broke? Okay. Do you believe He has got all, all sufficiency? He, he is a source. Okay. Do you believe Jesus is, is in a place of depression? Okay, so we have now just, all of us have summarized, He is a source. He seems to be very happy. He has peace. He has healing. He has deliverance. Do you believe Jesus carries promotion? Okay, so if He carries all of the above, then seek none of it, just seek Him. Because, because when you have Him, you have deliverance. When you have Him, you have healing. When you have Him, you will be promoted. But it starts with the King first. And I've never, read your whole Bible, you'll never see the King not stopping for somebody that wants to interrupt Him. He doesn't mind once. His disciples mind. He doesn't mind. A lady pulls him at, at, his, at his cloak. He stops. He gives her the healing. He sits at the well in, in John chapter number 4, the Samaritan lady. He interrupts her whole story and he sends her back as an evangelist. Jesus is an interrupter of everybody's story that encounters Him. And I want to task you, Empower Church, before we hit 2024, your number one responsibility must be, I want to carry and host more of Him. Not more of you, not more of your theology, not more of your gifting, not more of your talent, because we couldn't care how talented we are. We want to know, do you have Jesus? Come on, guys. We owe a world an encounter with a real Jesus. And so as much as you lie on the beach this holiday, and please do, host the presence. Host God. Can I tell you what? <laughs> I'll be honest with you of a second, yeah? I've learned the closer I get to Him, my attitude makes Him lift. 
If I have an attitude against one of his kids, he starts to lift from me. And so now what I regularly do, I ask him, rest with me, that I can carry more. Can I be just honest? Can I just shave my heart? I don't want to pray for hours before I see results. I want to come into the throne room and say, hey Lord, it's me. I've been here 10 times before already. Lord, I need this. Thank you. And I want to walk out. I'm not a slave, I'm a son. I'm not a beggar, I'm a son. I don't need to convince him, he is convinced. And you and I have a task to host him. Right? Are you right? Are you sure? Yes, Lord. We need far less theology if we have more of God. I'll say it again. We'll need to discuss much less things if we carry God more. Often our conversations are so full of so many stuff because we've forgotten to host Jesus. And I'll leave you with a thought. There's two people traveling. Jesus will walk right past them unless they invite them in. They have to say, Lord, come and stay with us. Then he goes in. He walks on the sea. The disciples is in the boat. He walks past. Why? Because Jesus does not respond on the leadership of the disciples. He's on the mission of the Father. But He responds to the invitation of fellowship. So before you invite your family over this week, this Christmas, invite Jesus over. Say, come and stay with me. <laughs> come on, are you there? I'll leave you with the last thing and then I want us to stand. My dad, he had a thing that he did for many years. On Christmas, he would write the Lord a letter. And he would put this letter in a balloon. And on Christmas, he will let the balloon go. And as a, it always intrigued me, what are you writing? Say, so what, what are you telling the Lord? What, what, are, you, what, what are you telling the Lord? <laughs> what, what are you telling him? He says, it's got nothing to do with you. It's a letter between me and him. Won't it be amazing as we as Christians give people the present of His presence? It's better than a bike. But please buy the bike. 
you have the ability to give somebody the presence. What better gift can we give than the presence? Hallelujah. Okay, I'm going to teach you how to practice the presence. Quickly stand. Everybody stand. Just hold. Just a little bit softer. I want you to lift your hands. Just soft, soft, soft. I'll lead you. I want you to turn your hearts towards the Lord. I want you to close your eyes for a moment and everybody in this room focus on Jesus. Now as you put your heart on Him, as you put your heart on Him, I want you, out of your heart, start to love Him. Just Jesus, not the Father, Jesus. Jesus, put your heart on Jesus. Put your heart on Jesus. 